This past week I had yet another reminder that I'm over 50. I used an expression about a problem that I was facing and I called it a tar baby and everybody that I was there with, who was, by the way, younger than I was, had no idea what I meant by that, what a tar baby was. And I said, you know, the story about Br'er Rabbit. More blank faces. As a few, as of a few decades ago, it was an integral part of the American short story canon. Everybody knew the story about Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby. It was in my elementary school reading book. Disney, although I think they now regret it, made a movie about it. It but has been since thoroughly erased, it seems, from popular culture. Maybe for some good reasons, maybe for some others that are not. But at its heart, it's a good story. Br'er Rabbit is a trickster who succeeds by his wits rather than by his brawn. And one of the main characters against whom he uses his wits is Br'er Fox. So like an early version of uh, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote, the stories center around Br'er Fox's attempts to catch Br'er Rabbit and teach him a lesson. One day, Br'er Fox comes up with his best plan ever. He has found a bunch of sticky tar, and he mounds it on the side of the road where he knows Br'er Rabbit is going to be passing. And he took some clothes and dressed up the, uh, the tar, and he puts some hair and a hat on it, and somehow fashions a face, and then goes and hides in the bushes. Sure enough... Br'er Rabbit comes hopping along, and as he passes the tar baby, he goes, Howdy do! And he hears nothing. So he backs up and says a little bit more loudly, I said, Howdy do! Nothing. And now he's a little ticked, so he starts explaining to the tar baby that when someone says, howdy do to you, it's rude if you don't respond. So, howdy do. And the tar baby just stares at him. So now, Br'er Rabbit is angry, so he takes his paw and he punches him in the face. But of course, it's not a baby at all, but a bunch of tar, so his paw's cut now caught now in the, in the tar. And now he's angry that the tar baby won't let go. And he says, you don't let go, I'm going to punch you again. So he takes his other paw and he punches the tar baby. Now both hands are caught. So he sticks his foot up into it to try to pull his paws out. Now his foot's caught. And eventually he kicks him with his other foot. So now he's completely caught by the tar baby. And at that point, Br'er Fox comes out of the bushes laughing hysterically. And if you want to know how Br'er Rabbit escapes. Ask your grandparents. <laughs> but what got me thinking about this story was the recounting of the story of David. David, right up here, uh, that we had in the first reading today. A problem like getting your paw stuck in a tar baby. As you may remember, David uh, falls in love with Uriah's wife, one of his uh, soldiers. And he was with her in a way that you should only be with one's own wife, and they were expecting a child together. And after trying some things to try to cover the whole affair up and it not working, he conspires with some of his officers to have Uriah out on the worst part of the battlefield. And then everybody was instructed to pull back and leave Uriah out out there so it looks like he was killed in battle. Then he took Uriah's wife as his own. 
and has a child with her. Now, that's all pretty serious stuff. Can you imagine being David and having to go to your pastor for confession and saying, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I killed a man and took his wife as my own. That would be yeesh. But some interesting things did come about as we hear today. David was found out. He confessed his sin. He is told that his sin is forgiven. However, the sword will not depart from your house. The good news is you will not die. In order to receive forgiveness, we have to acknowledge that we need it. Otherwise, we're just left off the hook. So good. David asks asks for and receives forgiveness from God. Second, he's told that the sword shall not pass from his house. Now, this is not God's punishment. The sword is not going to pass from his house because he did this horrible thing and God says, now for the rest of your life, you're going to pay for this. It's because when we sin, there are lingering effects. There are consequences. You know, so I broke a window and I came and said, I am so sorry. And you said, you are forgiven. There's still a broken window that needs to be paid for. It needs to be repaired. I still have the reputation of being careless with a baseball. So you're going to tell me not to play in your yard anymore. If one punches a tar baby, there are bound to be consequences. So for David... You know, there's all those soldiers and officers who colluded with him and cooperated with him for this murder to take place. So now they have leverage on David, don't you think? You know, you did this for me. I did this for you. Now, here's what I want you to do for me. And if you don't, I'm going to let out what you did. They have the knowledge of what he is capable of. So his reputation is somewhat shot, right? The incident will always stand between him and his new wife. And perhaps when the relationship is not that great, she's going to bring that up. Remember what you did? Then there's just living with the memory and the guilt. This is all the sword that's not going to pass from your house. When you punch a tar baby, you do not walk away unscathed. The sin may be forgiven, but there are still consequences with which to deal. The good news is, is the last point. He is told, you shall not die. Applied to the sacrament, we understand that when we are forgiven, there may still be consequences, but we are not going to die a spiritual death. We will still share in the awards, the rewards promised by Christ if we confess our sins, do penance, and at least attempt to amend our lives. That's the major role of the sacrament of confession. Sin is still a tar baby. Sin is attractive. If all sin was was sticking a pin in your eye, none of us would do it and we wouldn't need Jesus. But sin promises something and attracts us to it. We are distracted along our way and we turn toward the tar baby. And whether we punch it or embrace it, there is still trouble to be had. Because the definition of sin is anything that brings harm into the world spiritually, mentally, or physically. Even a sin we think harms nobody else but ourselves, done in private, affects the entire body of Christ in some way. But we have the opportunity, when we are preparing for confession, to look back over the past month, perhaps, and say, Have I been entertaining a tar baby? And the point is to walk away before you become too involved. 
to have the opportunity to change before the consequences are too great and to be in a state of grace so we can share in the message given to David, you surely will not die. Just as a friendly uh, reminder, we have confessions here at the parish on Tuesday nights from 7 to 7.30. The 7.30 is a pretty hard closing because we have to go into uh, benediction. On Wednesdays, we have the Women's Day where where there are confessions. On Fridays, they're from 4 to 5 or until there's no one else left in line. Saturday mornings, they're from 9.30 to 10 or until there's nobody left online. On Sundays, we often have the Benedictines here hearing confessions, and of course, always by appointment.